broadcasting live out of a basement in Appleton, Wisconsin. You're tuned in to Fox City's Core on WCZR Code Zero Radio. We're the show that gives you an opportunity to call in and be a part of the show. Our call in line is 920-358-0795. Core. Next up is a band from the Green Bay area. It's a three-piece rock band. Their latest album is a self-titled album. I'd like to welcome Sweet Talk to Fox City's Core. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Thanks a lot for having us. So you guys have been around for quite a while. The last album was a self-titled album. That came out about a year or two ago? Yeah, 2021. Late 2021. Mm -hmm. So we'll go over all, all of that. But right off the bat, can you introduce yourself and what you do in the band? Uh, yeah, I'm Jamie. I play guitar and I sing in the band. I'm Brian. I play the drums. And Andy and I play bass and kind of try to sing. <laughs> he does stand up learning too. Learning Working process. on this. I don't do stand up. I oh. always joke about it though. He will. He will. <laughs> so this lineup of the band is a little different from when the band got started. At, we'll kind of go over all of that, but as far as when Sweet Talk came to be jamie that was you yeah yeah that was uh me and we were a four-piece at the time uh we had two guitar players um yeah that was probably 2013 and 2014 but uh like what you're saying the, the self-titled it's self-titled for a reason you know the, the last probably four or five years it it felt like we finally put our stake in the ground and we got our we got our thing together you know, we got our we got our shit together. I guess you could say. And we're like, okay, we know what we're doing now, and we know what we'd like to sound like, and where so, we want to go with it. So, when you started the band, did, did the music sound pretty similar to what it sounds like on the self-titled album? Um, there's definitely an element of sweet talk. Yeah, it's it. I would say it's a lot more refined now. You know, there's. There's there's meaning behind every part of the song. There's a reason why you know it's this long. There's a reason why it comes back. It's it's just more refined. How did the the addition of the uh, the new members change the dynamics of of the band? Um, I mean, I think in any band you have that when you when you switch somebody out, especially like a drummer. Um, like it, it changes the personality of the band from the get go because like he has a completely different other feel than anybody else you would play with, and anybody else you would play with after that. That you know everything differently. And and with Andy, it's the same thing. Like you know, he's he's got a different. He's coming at it from a different angle than you would with anybody else you'd play with. You know? So Andy, what, what were you doing before Sweet Talk? Were you in a band prior? Uh, yeah, Red Light Saints. I played oh, with for sure. Red Light Saints. Yeah, six years or so, I think. Yeah, so the Red Light Saints had had quite a run, and yeah, you we guys did some fun stuff. Yeah, you guys played some big shows and did some big things, and then that band broke up about four years ago. Uh, six years ago, I think we're at now. Okay, five, six. Yeah. Any any chance that band will come out of the the ashes and resurrect? <laughs> There's been talks. Uh, that's as far as it's gotten. I don't know. Maybe someday, but. I'm sticking with this right now. I've always liked three-piece bands. You know, Chevelle's one of my favorite bands, so I like, you know, coming from a five-piece to a three-piece was kind of where I wanted to be. 
I, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's fun. It's a good. I like it. I saw the uh, the Red Light Saints open for Corey Feldman. Oh yeah. Any any fun facts about that show? No, he keeps he runs a pretty tight ship there. He's got them girls on and off the bus, and <laughs> <laughs> it was something. Yeah. We were talking before the show about mixing up genres for shows, and that would be a good example right yeah, there because yep. Corey Feldman's got a very unique that music. Genre, I guess I wouldn't even know where to how to classify him. Is he still doing that? Yeah, he's got a real band now, though, not the Angels. So okay, cool. okay. Yeah, and if not it, that they weren't a real band, but if you've never seen Corey Feldman live, he had an, a band when you guys opened for him. It was a band of Angels. Yeah. One of them, I think, was his wife. Yeah, the guitar player. I think she's <laughs> she still plays with him. I I do remember that that going around. I just I I couldn't remember if it lasted. Well, it's <laughs> obviously not. It's constantly still a thing. He's, he plays harmonica in it now too. So he's uh, diversifying. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, what were you doing before this band? I was in a band called The Dark Inside. How how long was that band together? Oh God, about twelve years. Um, you know, mo- we took a couple years off because members went to college, and and we ultimately split up because. I don't know. We got older, and and the guys went their separate ways. And then my wife actually told me that Sweet Talk was looking for for a, a band or a drummer. And I and I remembered always seeing them, and I'm like, God, that could, band could be so good if they just got rid of their drummer. <laughs> 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 and yeah, and so pretty much I just tried out for it, and they liked what I did. So Jamie, how did you how did you find Brian and Andy? Uh, well, it was easy with um, with Brian because we had we had shared bills before we we played shows together, so we we knew of each other. Um, with Andy, actually, we never played a show with his band, but we for a little while we shared like a, a rehearsal space, like our, our rooms that we rented were right next to each other, so. We didn't know each other that well then, but you know, every once in a while, you'd run into somebody from his band. And you know, at, honestly, I think it was a somebody else in a different band that that told us that you guys were were done playing and you might uh, be looking for something. Is it Amberstein? The guy from Amberstein? Yeah, they might be right. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Checks out. I, I knew Travis, the previous bass player, as well, though. So there's no. I didn't see him and think I could do that a lot better. (laughs) (laughs) Balls on you, man. But I did always think, wow, that's a cool gig. You know, he's, you know, there's just more room to be creative in the way I'd like to. A little more distortion on the bass. There definitely is with, with, we're not not talking about your bass tone. (laughs) Can we, though? Yeah. We got 50 minutes. (laughs) You got more memory in these cameras. But uh, I mean, with a three-piece, like you, you, you have way more room to do, you know, to pull the idea in your direction, and and yeah, there's just, you know, I mean, I've never been in a five-piece before, but but to get everybody just in line for practice, I don't know, it seems seems complicated, but you know, to each their own. So was the the first release was that picturesque? Am I yeah. That right? Yep. Picturesque. That was uh, 2015. Yeah. Like I said, you were a a four piece at that point. Yep. As far as the songwriting went, were you writing with the other three members of the band at that point or were you So that's that's kind of like what I was talking about earlier, like 
I mean, when you play with this different musicians, like stylistically there are differences, but when you write together, there are differences too, you know, how you approach that. And with those three guys for Picturesque, it was like, you know, you there wasn't a lot of collaboration. You'd bring in an idea, and however that idea was, like that's exactly how we played it. We didn't really edit at all. So, I mean, whatever's recorded, that's that's how it came in. You know, I mean, obviously, like, other band members would write their part on top of it, but the actual, whether it was a riff or whatever, that was the idea of the song. It didn't change too much. So you were pretty much bringing a, a almost done idea to practice, and people were just layering on top of what you already yeah. wrote. Yeah, I, and, you know, I don't know if it's just because we were younger or just, you know, I don't know, we were just trying to look out for the other person, not stepping on their idea, and, you know, we don't want to make them feel bad, but at some time, when at some point in time, like, you have to kind of put pen to the paper and, and, and cut out the bad stuff if you if you want a really good, really good release. And, you know, I mean, we're, we're not old, but we're older. There's a lot of things you could be doing with your time, and if, if we're still going to be doing this, like, we want to be able to do it the best that we can, you know, no matter... No matter what happens, you know, if I bring an idea to practice and it's it's, it's a, a complete idea, what I think is a complete idea, and we take the first four bars and write a whole new song, like that's, but it's better, like that's that's fine with me. Like there's, you know, there's no hard feeling, which which actually did happen. <laughs> yeah, it did. For, for No True North, that, that ended up being our single. Like I came in with a, a complete, you know, intro, chorus, verse, bridge, all that completely lined up on a demo and... We took the first four or eight bars and was like, okay, we're going to write a different song. And we did, you know. So to kind of make it more fun going through that songwriting process with, with Brian and Andy adding. Yeah, because you don't you don't know how it's going to turn out in the end. Like if you come in with a complete idea and nobody feels like they have the right to change anything, well, you don't really leave much up to a surprise or, or or the collaboration part of being in a band which is you know why you'd want to be in a band if you're playing with other dudes or or, or ladies <laughs> but i mean you want to see your your idea be pushed a little bit further than what you bring in you know like if i bring an idea and he'll have you know he may not have a part written for it that'll change the song but he'll, have, he'll at least have you know a good opinion and be a good backboard of like ah this part sucks mm-hmm. like maybe do this a little bit less yeah, like a good grasp on um, maybe where the song could go, you know, like like be thinking outside the box and outside your head, you know, just like I I hear stuff that he brings and it's like it it just makes me feel something totally different than what he's doing, you know, and it's like we change it a little bit and he changes it and it just. I don't know. It's it's hard to explain, you know. It's just a lot of back and forth. A lot of time at the whiteboard. Yeah. Yeah, if you if you're a band and you don't have a whiteboard, I'm, the th- the th- at least our process, like the things that we do the song, like I won't be able to keep it in my head. No. Like, oh god, keep all that str- other not that different iterations. Yeah, and, and, and we're not like a prog band or or doing anything crazy like that, but just just the amount of changes that we make to an idea. Um until we, you know, play it live or record it is, you know, from point A to point B, it's it's a lot. You need a whiteboard. Yeah. Get a whiteboard. <laughs> Weekly changes. <laughs> yes. So, so Brian and Andy, it, as far as, like, comparing Sweet Talk to your previous bands, how is the songwriting different? Is 
were you guys allowed to write with your prior projects? I was, yes. Um, it's it's comparable. Um, it seems more streamlined, though. It seems like my old band would fumble a lot around or just, you know, drink and party and not really actually get anything done. This seems more focused and uh, has a purpose. Yeah, about the same. Yeah, it was. We wrote collaboratively. About it. it seems like most songs start start on guitar, so that and we were kind of like that too. It's hard to write a ba- a song starting on the bass. You can do it. Uh, <laughs> can you can do it <laughs> by the end of this year? <laughs> well, Jamie, how are you doing with like your guitar parts? Are um, some of them are kind of intricate in on the older albums, and even the newer ones, you've got kind of multi multiple layers of guitar. Mm-hmm. When you're writing those kind of songs, are you thinking of how those are going to translate live? And do you guys ever think about maybe picking up a second guitarist? Um, that's loaded. Um, <laughs> I mean, when we write the song, the 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 bare bones part of it, you know, the being a three piece, the bare bones part of that version has to be good. So, if that's not good, the more parts that you layer on top of it isn't going to make the song better. I mean, you might hide some stuff, but it should be a great song with with three people. Solid if that's, foundation. Yeah, you you can't you know if if the song sucks, the song sucks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean there should there should be like a it should work between you know three different instruments. If, you know, if we had we had a piano player, you know, it could work with one. You know, a good song should be able to translate on one instrument too. If you're a piano player, you know, but I don't. That's that's kind of our theory is like. If it sounds good with the foundation, then anything we put on top of it will just sweeten the deal. And when we're recording, I'm not really worried about like the extra parts, like not being able to play them, because I know we can fall back on, you know, the three-piece version still resembling that idea and, and hitting just as hard. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of other background vocal parts too that are in there. There are a lot of layers, but you know, I, it's just a it's a different reason to to go to the gig, you know, because you're not going to hear exactly what's on the record. Like, there's mm-hmm. no way we would need like 12 people on our band. We need we, to be Arcade Fire. Plus, we've gotten we've gotten so much better at those songs since they've been recorded too. So you come to a live show, it's a completely new song. Well, not mm-hmm. new song, but you know, there's a lot of bells and whistles live that aren't recorded. Yeah, and and you know, when we play live, we're not. I'm not discrediting any bands that play to a click or backing checks, but we're we're doing it raw like we don't you know we don't have any of that stuff it's just it's just three dudes in a room yeah if uh if the timing ever does get screwed up whose fault is it that would be mine (laughs) (laughs) got that on a clip yeah sometimes it's me (laughs) (laughs) so you guys have a like a, a studio engineer in your band and jamie you run a studio used to be called the scream parlor and now it's called Split? Yeah, actually, uh, we moved out of that that, s- that spot, yeah. Um, so I, I do still do, like, uh, some overdubs and, and some mixing and editing, but as far as, like, tracking in a, in a facility, I don't do that anymore. As I say, you've recorded quite a bit. I know you did Sons of Kong and yeah. uh, the, uh, the Royal Blue. Yep, yeah, Grim Waters is another band from the area. They, they're, they're coming out with an EP. I did that as well. Oh, you did do that. Yeah, sounds nice. Yeah, it's uh, it's good. It's it's not out yet, but do do you like doing that kind of thing? Yeah, I I love doing it, especially when you get to 
you know, record talented bands and, you know, nobody, if I record a band like us, like, we don't have any egos, like, you can, like, kind of what I was talking about with the songwriting, like, you can tell us, like, hey, maybe don't do that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> maybe don't, don't do that so much. And yeah, enough said. If I don't do it and we record, you know, something on playback, playback will tell you, you know, if it sucks, you'll know right away when you're listening to it. And that should kind of be the, your, your key to anything is is the idea the idea should be the king of what makes all your decisions i mean at least for our band well and you've recorded all of your projects haven't you yeah yeah we uh yeah we've never gone well we did go into rock garden live we did like the, his live show or whatever so we have gone into a studio but not for a a studio recording. Is it going into a studio something you'd like to do in the future, or would you rather have control and the the freedom to kind of take your time? No, I'm I'm definitely open to to going somewhere. We would just have to find the right situation. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's we're not that's pretty open ended for us. We're, there's no hard and fast rule with anything. You know, it's it's just like the songwriting. Like if it's a great idea, then we should do it. You know, yeah. if it's a bad idea, we'll skip it. So the self-titled album, lots of great songs, and I wanted to know like how you keep your voice in good shape because you go from singing like this falsetto to just a just a growl. It's um, in a smoke-filled basement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I think it starts with like um, uh, being in a in a really loud band to start out with. Like you just you want to be. You, you know your vocals have to go over the top of that so naturally like you're just trying to muscle your way through it and i can't i can't necessarily muscle my way through it anymore you know not like 10 years ago so you kind of have to adapt and and learn a little technique and and have some more finesse rather than power just to be able to to maneuver some of those things <laughs> but i mean a lot of it is just instinct though I'm, i've never had lessons or anything like that when you're writing these songs do you think maybe in 20 years i should maybe write this differently so i can sing this in 20 years it is it's somewhere in there it's it's somewhere in there every time we write a song like when we we're getting more and more clever with the song structure we always think like oh this will be so cool and then we get to the part where we have to play that said song structure and we're like (laughs) why'd we do this (laughs) yeah i mean that that happens when like you know if if you throw in odd numbers with your with your bars, like you'll get into some of that where you got to start thinking about the song until it becomes muscle memory. And did you, do you take any voice lessons or anything? No, nothing like that. My my dad actually he was in, he was in a band um, when he was younger. He he still writes music and sings. Um, he does it for himself now. But he when I was a kid, they would always practice in our basement. So. I mean, uh, being a little kid and having a band play in your in your in your basement every single week is highly impressionable, you know. So, um, did he ever let you come down and kind of jam jam with the band? No, I wasn't quite old enough for that. Yeah, but um, as far as singing goes, I mean, he's he would drop little nuggets of things off that that he had found out when he was singing, you know, things that he had learned. And his is the same way. I don't I don't think he's ever taken a voice lesson, but. You know, you just instinctually, and the more and more you do it, you find out what works, what doesn't work. Like, it's just a, it's a process. Have you had a, a show where you knew your voice wasn't in top shape before? And 
made me yeah panicked. Yeah, sometimes sometimes it, you feel like that going into the gig, and it turns out to be your best gig. Well, Rock and Garden, then Rock Garden's a good example of like one that would be stressful because you kind of get one shot. Yeah, and I, and going into that gig too, I was sick the whole week, so it was like okay, I'm not I'm not really sure how this is gonna go, but you know, it's rock and roll. You gotta let it you gotta let it go. So the self-titled album, when that came out, did you guys have a big release, or was that after COVID hit? Did that kind of snuff out any kind of big release that you could have done? Right before. We were recording it right when COVID started. So that kind of gave us some time to uh, mess with it a little longer because we didn't, we, you know, it was pretty uncertain when we would be able to release it. But yeah, that's come up that kind of sucks that we did all that and then we have to like find that energy again to release it and start pushing it did uh, you guys start writing for the next album already yeah yeah we we have a few songs in the works um we always try to have a few ideas that we're working we're on writing. yeah um I, we don't really have like a uh, you know, like a, a set block of time where we're like, all right, we're not going to play shows. We're just going to write. Like we, we usually try to, to juggle the two. Seems to work well for us. I think from, from seeing pictures of you recording your last album, you would post pictures of the dry marker board, which you referenced earlier yeah. in the conversation. And that looked pretty intense, like, and professional, Sometimes. I might add. <laughs> <laughs> So typically when you guys were recording, like on the last album, I'm guessing it looks like from looking at the marker board, you do the drums and the scratch guitar first, and then you kind of add on after that. Is it bass after that? Um, I believe that's what we did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, we do we do around a pre-pro, too, before we, you know. Oh, yeah, a couple of months. Yeah, we do we do a couple <clears throat> months of pre-pro, and. What is know. What is that? So like pre-production, we, okay. we we just go in and like we to a click track, we'll record the songs live, um, and then if I have or if they have any ideas of like immediate overdubs, we'll put those on there, and then we'll sit with the songs for a little bit. Um, it's just kind of another filter of you know figuring out you know there should be more of this, there shouldn't be as much of this, you know maybe we should do this, maybe the song won't even make it, sort of a thing. Um, yeah, so it's just another filter to, to try and make whatever we do end up releasing better. You guys had uh, a video that that came out for was it No True North? Yep, yeah, that's correct. How did how did the the idea for that that video come out? And like, who did you have film it? It's really good. Uh, Ryan uh, Ryan Kimball, I think is his yep, last name. Kimball. Yeah, he's a he's a buddy of the Grim Waters guys that I mentioned earlier. Um, he does a lot of like videography. I know he's done a few of their videos. I think he's still doing it. Um, I think he's doing a Grim Waters video currently. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But he was, he was great. He was, he was really good with coming up with like a, you know, sort of a storyboard and ideas like that. Cause we're, we didn't have any ideas going into it. You know, I, I knew what the song was about, but as far as how to put it into like a visual you know, three minute video thing like he did. I didn't. I didn't have any ideas. You know, I mean, we're not. We're not. We're not visual not artists. Visual. I guess <laughs> totally not visual. <laughs> well, prior to that one, there's also Sweet Talk released a few videos before that. Probably before you guys were in the band, 
I'm guessing are you guys in the band when the uh, previous videos for any mall and anim- anatomically speaking? Yeah, yeah, maybe? yeah. We have uh, those two, and uh, there's another one right kind of oh, empathy. Right kind of empathy. Yeah, we, so we have those three videos. Those were done by our um, old bass player Travis. Yeah. So he's the any mall video with the. Uh, the, uh, the Barbie dolls, dolls was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. At first, at first when I saw that, I was like, "What did I just see? I gotta watch that again." <laughs> Didn't somebody say they seen that in a line for a haunted house somewhere? I, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> Do you guys have any like music videos that they're on the table yet off the the new self titled album? Um, honestly, no, not really. We, um, I mean the. the it might come up, you know, this, this spring we were talking about maybe doing something live, gathering live footage and, and putting a video together, but I don't, I don't know. At this point, like, we, we, we've been writing some new songs, so we might, we might be on to the next thing already, you know, which, you know, not that we're going to come out with a completely new slate of songs, like, we're still going to be playing these, our self-titled songs, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I think our head just might be in a new spot. Does it get kind of hard like keeping up with promoting like music videos are kind of like a big promotion thing. It, it takes a lot of time. Like you said, to come up with an idea then you have to find somebody to film it. If you don't want to film it yourself mm-hmm. and edit it and then release it and try to make a big production over the release. Mm-hmm. I mean, is, is there an aspect of being in a band that you don't like, whether it be that kind of pressure to do a video or social media? Yeah. Social media is a good one. Yeah. Um, like it's daunting. Hauling gear is a good one. <laughs> Hauling gear. <laughs> Hauling gear, yeah. Getting done at 2.30 in the morning. Uh, going on at 2.30 in the morning. <laughs> when you guys get to like get to a show to play, do you normally hope that you play first, middle, or last? <sighs> middle. We always wish for first. I vote middle. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, First, you get the best sound check. Middle, you got the crowd. Last, you get the... Nothing. Yeah, you get, there's you get, this, you get you, yeah, bigger text on the poster if, if they have it, they know about it ahead of time. <laughs> pros and cons to every every spot of the show, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I think, I think, if I had to pick a worst part of being in a band, it would be like the social media. You know, you need to do it. Obviously, like it's not going to go away, and it's it's free pub. You know, but and not. None of us are good at it, you know, but it's a thing you have to do if you're in a band. And, you know, we, we put some time and energy into it, but most of our time and energy is into, you know, rehearsing or, or writing ideas. Is we talk on like TikTok or Instagram or I know, I know you're on Facebook and, and YouTube. Yeah. We're on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Twitter. We have a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we're most active on like uh, probably Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're, we don't have a, a TikTok or a, a Snapchat. Yeah, we're not. not we're not, those, they, they seem like everyday things that you gotta you gotta do. And like, I have my phone right here, but I don't want to be. Like, I don't want to be one of those dudes yeah. everywhere we go. You know, it's unbecoming. Unbecoming. Just, just live in the moment. You know. Ah. What, what's your thought on like Spotify and Bandcamp and the, the streaming services? Uh, Bandcamp's yeah, been good. Yeah, Bandcamp's awesome. Yeah, for, for selling merch, you know, and for T-shirts, and you know, anything you, you got for sale, it, it's been great for that. Plus, 
you know, that you can you can have a release timed out with Bandcamp, which is really nice. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Spotify is cool. Yeah, Spotify is awesome for for the listeners. You know, just finding new bands like it's really easy to to lose you know track of time that way. Where you're just they have like a at the bottom of the screen of who if you've picked like an artist to listen to at the bottom of the screen they have like a you know similar artist section or whatever and you can just fall down that well pretty easily. You you guys had a physical copies had physical copies of the uh, self titled mm-hmm. that you still have those was it CD and vinyl or just CD just CD um, we did get it mastered for vinyl but we we never really pulled the trigger um, now it's probably too late in the game to yeah yeah probably maybe down the road some sort of anniversary (laughs) (laughs) so i mean the the vinyl sounds like it was something that you're entertaining at least for for the future we wanted to do i mean we still want to do it but again it's like expensive it's expensive and we wanted really good artwork to go with it not that our artwork for the self-titled wasn't good but like you know we're we're not like we said. We're not visual artists, so we're not going to generate that artwork ourselves. And we don't know anybody, you know, immediately in our family or friends that's, you know, that that type of person that's like, hey, I listened to your music and I got this idea, and you know, because I mean, if you if you're going for vinyl, like you want more than just the, just the music, right? You know, which yeah. sounds kind of sad, but you know, it's a whole production if you're if you're getting a record. Yeah, and it seems like there's more and more people collecting vinyl. I don't know if they're actually listening to it. I think they might just be collecting it. (laughs) (laughs) As far as like finding local local bands, other local bands, I know Green Bay's got some great record stores. Appleton uh, and Green Bay lost the exclusive company, but they've got is it ear eroding winds? Yeah, I've been to the Oshkosh location. I haven't been to the the one on. Is College Ave? Yeah, I don't think the one on Appleton. Yep, College Ave. Yeah. Do you do the consignment or consign CDs to any of those? Um, we did with Exclusive Company, but you know they're gone now. But um, um, no, we we haven't really exercised that option too much. We we find that playing gigs and, and being there with the people if you can win them over usually a percentage of them <laughs> a percentage of them is going to walk away with something you know time for that sump pump conversation guys yeah. <laughs> all right <laughs> so what you're going to want to do is <laughs> so, so when you guys are playing shows have you had any really bad show experiences any just tragedy <laughs> um it's 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 probably a lot funnier for us because we were there in the moment, and when things go wrong, you you have that immediate impression of impression of like like the world is ending when it's really not, and nobody else notices but you do. So we've had, we, I think we've had some of those instances um, last last fall. Yeah, uh, yeah, right before winter. For, 20, if we're talking to the same one. So yeah, are you, th- are you thinking of Rep's <laughs> yeah, house? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Screws all over the stage. Couldn't tell if the battery was going in my base or what. <laughs> I fell off I the I, stage. Brian fell off the stage. That happened. It felt like that was happening in slow motion. Was <laughs> it the same show? Oh yeah. yeah. yeah it was <laughs> just a train wreck of a show. Yeah. And it started snowing, so you got to load out in snow, and it was just. 
It doesn't sound, you know, anybody just yeah. finding out about this instance, it doesn't sound that bad, but when you're in the middle of it and you're, you're trying to still make the gig happen, it's... <laughs> well, I think the important thing is, like, was there a lot of people there? Because if not, that makes it even worse, because you're, like, going through all this for, like... It's a fair amount. Yeah, not a ton of people, but... Enough where it hurt. We yeah. went alone. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've never, I've ne- I've never been just about ready to to start the set and had somebody on stage with a tiny screwdriver and <laughs> and the back of his bass off and tiny screws all over the stage and yeah, it's 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 always something. But that's part of you know playing live. It's there's there's going to be hurdles like that. You know, the guy who hid behind the bass amp. Oh yeah, there's a that's another. So we're we're playing at this place called Hijinks in Fort Atkinson. Fort Atkinson, yep. And for whatever reason, before we played, there was a ton of people in the bar. That band gets done. The people are still in the bar. We get up on stage. We do the sound check, set up, and all that. And we get into it. We're a couple songs into it. People are still in the bar, and then a fight breaks out outside the bar. And everybody leaves to go watch the fight because obviously that's a better show. We don't have anyone fighting on stage. <laughs> uh, but after that, the the cops are looking for a guy that comes into the bar and he hides on stage. <laughs> and the cops come into the place and they don't find him because he's hiding behind a bass amp. On stage. It's kind of ingenious. You guys yeah. saw him hiding behind there? Like, yeah, yeah. there's a guy hiding, crouching behind yeah. the, the base amp. I mean, if you're a cop, the last place you're going to look for somebody got, trying to hide is going to be on stage. Were yeah. you guys still playing? I wasn't at that one, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we played right through it. Yeah, it was. That was. That was an experience. <laughs> so, so, Jamie and Andy, do you guys bring spare guitar and basses to shows? Just in case you have a string. You're going to jinx us here. (laughs) That is a very jinxy. Thank you. I used to bring two. I've been doing one now because uh, we play in a pretty dropped tuning. And I just don't have another bass set up in it that sounds as good. So I, and I can change a string in like 40 seconds. So if I go down, it is what it is. (laughs) How comes the tools. (laughs) Right. I just got that tiny screwdriver. And it wasn't my battery that ended up being the problem. (laughs) Invest in power conditioners, kids. <laughs> <laughs> so we talked about some of the bad things that have happened during a show. What would you say would be the best show with this lineup so far? The best show? Mm. It's tough to remember because it's been so sporadic over the past two years. Yeah, and every show has a different reason for being good, I think. Um, I mean, we just played in Green Bay at the Tarleton, which... None of us had been there before for a, a you know, a music act. Is that band. set up like a old movie theater? Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's like a, a really cool nice place. place. I'd been there once. Really cool place, and we were lucky enough that uh, the band that booked it and asked us to play with her, she brought like a visual artist with her, so there was like a, a cool like video backdrop the entire time when we were playing, and it was, yeah, it was a totally different reason for for it being a good gig because you don't you don't get that everywhere did you get any video at that for a possible future live vi- yeah we, we did get we got a lot of like you know cell phone clips or whatever nothing super professional but you know good for social media <laughs> let's talk about the shows you have coming up because you've got quite a bit i guess you haven't really announced a lot of the shows yet but you're going to be hitting 
hitting the uh, shows pretty quick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You've got one coming up next week at uh, Cold Shot. Cold Shot. Cold Shot. Yep. The 25th will be there with um, this. They're a fairly new band. They, I, they yeah, they've played a show before, but not like uh, they're from Appleton. So, they, but they've never played an Appleton show. Um, so yeah, they're they're a fairly new band, Crucial Moves, and a band called Floral Friday. Yep, as well. yeah, they're from Appleton too. They're kind of like a pop punk emo thing going on. They're pretty cool. You've played at the Cold Shop before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. many <laughs> many times. What what are some of the other shows that you can tell us about? Um, yeah, so within that like. 10 show run that we have um this spring there's uh we're gonna be at the lyric room a couple times um in green bay those will be good shows we're playing with uh mother wind and sons of kong um one night and then another night we're playing for uh grim waters is having an ep release party um there's a band called Enswell that's gonna be on that show and night again too they're not night again too but the band is also called night <laughs> night again um <laughs> Yeah, so we'll be there. We'll be in Minneapolis um, at a place called Club 331. Um, We have uh, a Madison show uh, at the Rigby. We'll be with Soul Shade. They're a a heavier band, really cool. Um, Yeah, we'll we'll be kind of all over. We're we're playing in Wausau. I mean, it does sound like you guys are going to be all over the place. Mm -hmm. Do you have families at this point? Uh, I have a he's wife. recently engaged. He has a wife, no kids. I just got divorced. We don't have no. kids, if that's the truth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we, there's dog. no kids involved. <laughs> so uh, everything is is great with the the home life as far as like getting out and gigging and getting yeah. home. And, like yeah. when you when you play Madison, are you going to drive home the same the same night? Um, you know, I don't know. It's probably you know it's just two hours isn't too bad. You know, especially if the show isn't starting at you know you know, super late, 10 o'clock or whatever, but, um, like Minneapolis, we'll, we'll stay somewhere for that one. Yeah. Hopefully make some good connections while you're there as well. Yeah, that too. Um, we played Minneapolis one other time a long time ago, but yeah, it's, it's good to, I think we're excited to finally get out and, and push the record because, you know, with COVID and we had some other personal stuff going on too, that we just had to take time and, you know, because we're, you know, we you don't get paid a ton of money. You know, we have jobs outside of this that we that we have to juggle, and and families as well. We have significant others that, you know, you have to spend time with them. You can't you can't neglect that. You know, when uh, when you're playing out of town, do you feel that the response is different? Like people just assume since you're from out of town, maybe I'll pay more attention to you. Like when you play in Minneapolis versus. Played in Appleton, maybe people are like, "Well, I'll go catch Sweet Talk the next time they come around." We Seem, well, seems like we're such a new thing to a lot of people that it's we're just kind of dumbfound people everywhere we go. <laughs> we always get uh, what the hell is this? Yeah, we get done playing and we always get, "Why are you guys playing here? <laughs> like, well, where the hell are we supposed to play? This is this is what we got." <laughs> Sweet Talk, you guys do have a, a really cool sound that you don't really hear with a lot of bands it's different which like you said it catches you off guard Mm -hmm. it sounds like it should be in an arena like the songs are big which being a three piece it's pretty awesome yeah awesome the self-titled album you had some uh, collaboration on the album cover Caleb uh, Cheslock and Pete Kornowski am I saying that right that's right yeah 
Nailed it. How did how did they get involved with helping with that? Um, Caleb actually used to be in the band. So he was in the original. Yeah, so he was the other guitar player. Um, so we, we've always kind of known him. Um, and he's he's in bands in the Valley, too. He's um, in uh, Choke and Christopher Gold and yep. all things. Yeah, that's right. Um, but he does, like, just some just some film photography on the side. I think he just does it for his own pleasure. But, we, you know, he posts things on Instagram every once in a while. And we, we thought that would be, you know, maybe a cool option to have him do it. And, he, yeah, he's, he's a cool dude. He's good to us. Yeah. Very nice. And uh, you guys had it, had the, uh, some of the last albums mastered by Justin Perkins at the Mystery Room, and then this time it, uh, you guys had it mastered by uh, West, West West Side Music? Yeah, I know it seems like a, <laughs> like a typo. That's actually what it's called, West West Side. West West Side. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Alan... I can't. His last name is escaping me, but he he does a lot of like uh, like bigger name records. A lot of a lot of stuff that we're into. Like um, at the time when we were recording this this self titled record, I was listening to a lot of uh, Every Time I Die, and he's mastered a lot of their records. So a lot of our references were were kind of based off of them and their their most or their not their most recent record, but uh, Low Teens from Every Time I Die. You had some um, help on Not My Blood with some uh, piano by Megan Bolter. I'm probably butchering these names today, no. but no. that's right, Megan Bolter. <laughs> yeah. So you guys decided to have some piano added. And earlier in the interview, you mentioned, when we were talking about adding a member, you mentioned adding in keys. So yeah. did that experience having her play on that track kind of make you think maybe you want a keyboard player? I don't know. I mean, I, wasn't it just to kind of fluff up the album? Yeah, we we did it as like another layer, and if you listen to it, it it definitely adds another layer. Like it just it's it seems like it seems like the right thing to be in that spot. And going back to what you know, circling back to what we were talking about earlier is like if it if it seems like during playback, like that's that's what should happen like you leave that or you do more of that if it doesn't fit and take it away and in that instance it, it definitely fit and then the uh as far as the sound the sweet talk sound are there a couple bands that you would say kind of sound similar to sweet talk i think we i think we get a different band every gig but there's some there's some common ones i guess yeah, um, I, I hear people say we sound like Muse. Muse, we get Muse, we get um, we get Deftones Deftones. every once in a while. Um, yeah, Glassjaw at the drive-in, um, thrice every once in a while. Last show we got, some guy came up to us and said we sounded a lot like La Dispute, which is cool. Um, I don't know that we do, but... I, we really like those bands, so <laughs> that's someone, fine with me. Yeah, someone hears it. And, when yeah. uh, somebody comes up after a gig and, and has like a comment or a suggestion, do you guys like that? Or I mean, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I do. Yeah. You know, yeah. I I really don't mind being compared to anybody. You know, it's it's definitely a compliment in in my opinion. Yeah. I, I mean, the fact that somebody feels strong enough to want to walk up to you and even talk to you—that's. Yeah, I mean that's the point. They got they got something out of our set, you know. You know, 
Nobody's come up to us and been like, man, you guys sound like shit. <laughs> That's our no, face. I haven't heard that one yet. <laughs> Not yet. So when you guys did the, the Rock Garden Live, which is now Live at the Rock, when you guys performed there, uh, that show went smoothly? No hiccups or anything? Um, no, yeah. it was it was like just an odd setting, you know, having... I mean, we practiced kind of in a circle, like how it's shot, but having an audience sitting around you is is a different experience, and then throwing cameras on top of that is, is I guess, another. Yeah, and Andy, I, I know you've performed you performed the Red Light Saints prior. Yeah, actually, uh, the first one, that was kind of our idea. With we the, shot it at the, his old studio. Was that with the, the candles and... There was one that yeah, was set was, up almost like an MTV unplugged. Yeah, that was kind of the, the gist of it that we were going for there. Um, yeah, and then he kind of took the ball and ran with that. So it was fun to go and do it again in the you know the, the new studio with Red Light Saints and with Sweet Talk. Have, have you guys been able to play all the festivals around here yet? Like Mile Music, Oshkosh Music Fest? Um, we've, we've done Oshkosh Music. Uh, we haven't done Mile, I think we might be just a tad heavy for them um we have a lot of friends bands that play that though so i mean we've we've been to mile as you know as listeners and watchers so it's really cool what they do you know um and i can see why we wouldn't necessarily be their thing um because people going there are just going for something else you know dave jackson was on and he always talks about mile of metal which yeah i wish it was a thing i mean it it could be right it could be it could be not in this city (laughs) it would just it would just be like like two bars yeah somebody's got to set it up that's i think the first hurdle yeah (laughs) setting it up yeah who's gonna do it not me not us when you guys are booking shows are you reaching out to the venues yourself are you waiting for other bands to ask you to, to play with them if somebody's interested in playing with sweet talk mm-hmm. i mean would they just have to shoot you an email yeah it's a little bit of both you can hit us up anywhere um there's a lot of like show swapping that happens too um but yeah a lot of times we, you just reach out to the venue we know the 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 owners to a lot of the places that we play and it's always uh <clears throat> it's always nice to be to be in a good pocket with them you know because they'll let you more or less do whatever you want if the, if the date's open. Are there any bands in the area that you'd like to throw a plug out for that people should check out based on your recommendation? Yeah, well, I, like I was saying earlier, uh, Grim Waters, for sure, they're coming up with an EP um, in April. Mm-hmm. April 21st is their release show at the Lyric Room. We'll be on that bill with them. Um, so definitely check those guys out. Um, we play with Sons of Kong quite a bit those those dudes are good I've, I've recorded a couple of their eps really good yeah um and they're fun dudes to just be around um choke is another one i i helped out a little bit with their with their um ep that they have um they're always you know they're always a good time too um yeah i know it's inevitable that we're gonna forget somebody but <laughs> immediately those are the three that come to my mind and choke they're fairly new but yeah caleb it's definitely a heavier yeah heavier band <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah it's i, I don't even <laughs> you, you definitely have to have a taste for for stuff like that or you know death metal isn't necessarily my thing but i i can appreciate what they do and, and respect that they can do it at a high level which i think in that genre it goes 
goes pretty far pretty quickly. Yeah. So if people want to check out Sweet Talk and, and find out more about the band, where would you send them? Bandcamp or Facebook? Um, I would send them to to our Spotify actually, Spotify. And if you're you're interested in our socials, definitely Facebook and, and Instagram. Um, we're on Twitter too, so check out the Twitter. <laughs> check out the, t- check live, out the Twitter and live shows. Come out and actually see us. We exist. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's it's you know you're gonna hear the record on Spotify the way we recorded it and you know meticulously went over it, but go to a live show. You're going to hear a very unique version of it. You know, it's going to sound, you're going to know what sound song it is, but go to a live show. It's not going to hit it's as hard. So it's so much better. Live. Have, have the crowds repaired themselves since the uh, quarantine days or still sort of hurt? I'd say they're getting better. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's hard to measure. We'll let you know in a couple months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take surveys for you. Well, thank you for joining us on Fox City's Core Code Zero Radio. We love Sweet Talk. And it was great to sit down with you guys and, and talk for an hour. And, and that self-titled album is great. I look forward to hearing the, the next album once that's released. So hopefully you'll come back again. Yeah, yeah, oh, thank sure. you. We'd love to. It's been great. Thanks a lot for having us, Andy. <laughs>